0: Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Good morning to you. I'm pre-recording our devotional this morning. Uh, It's early on Tuesday morning uh, because we have a prayer session which uh, we'll be involved with and so I wanted to do this before, before that. So I want to read to you some really exciting verses. They don't sound very exciting when you first read them. They sound really quite ordinary and perhaps quite surprisingly mundane but actually they're incredibly revolutionary and radical when we understand them. Uh, and I think we may spend a couple of days in these verses. Uh, Paul says in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians, starting in verse 9, Now about brotherly love we do not need to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love each other. And in fact you do love all the brothers throughout Macedonia, yet we urge you brothers to do so more and more make it your ambition to lead a quiet life to mind your own business and to work with your hands just as we told you so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders so that you will not be dependent on anybody so in these in this early part of chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians Paul has spoken about three different topics but they're all related and the topics are purity, Uh, we read about those in verses 1 to 8, sexual purity, love, we read about that here in verse 9, and hard work, which is what he speaks about in verses 11 and 12. Purity, love and work, and we shouldn't just treat these three as totally separate subjects, I think that they are interrelated. And love, which is in the middle of these three topics, really is the fulcrum at the center of these topics. For true love is the opposite of selfish lust, which we read about earlier on. And true love expresses itself in a challenging lifestyle, a lifestyle that involves a quiet life, working hard, minding your own business, which is what he's going to go on to talk about in verse 11. So love is at the centre. The apostle kind of moves from chastity to charity to a challenging new lifestyle for the believer. And as I say, love motivates and shapes and informs that lifestyle. That word love is the word Philadelphia, brotherly love. Now the pagans, at the time of uh, of writing, uh, loved their actual brothers and sisters, but didn't have any concept of loving sort of people who weren't your own flesh and blood. Paul applies it here by saying, no, you love your brothers uh, within the church. And he says that you've been taught by God how to love one another and he says I don't need to write you because God has taught you now of course God has taught them through the Old Testament God the Father teaches uh, us to love God the Son Jesus gave us a new command that we would love one another but I think Paul is referring here to the work of the Holy Spirit who teaches us by changing us and filling us with the love of God, so that we know how to love one another. You see, the Holy Spirit is referred to in verse 8, God gives us his Holy Spirit, and it's this Holy Spirit that so works within us so powerfully that the love of God is shed abroad within our hearts, and that love then becomes a powerful new dynamic within our lives, the dynamic of love which is the true sign of him who has been born of God as it says in 1 John chapter 4. The evidence that we are born of God is that we love one another we have the love of God within us and that is something that permeates our lives now in a new way and so Paul says that he doesn't need to write to them anymore about this because they've been taught by God and then rather ironically he says oh but by the way I am going to write to you about this Uh, do it more and more brothers love one another more and more and then he moves on in verses 11 and 12 to talk about the impact of our love how love expresses itself it's not just a gooey feeling it has actual practical hands-on application in everyday life and he speaks of three things. I'm just going to mention one of them right now. He speaks about living a quiet life, about minding your own business and thirdly about working hard. But you see it's possible that these Thessalonians had got the idea that if they love one another then uh, they could take advantage of one another. You know, well, if you love me truly, then you'll give me what I need. I don't need to work. Uh, you give me. You help me. You, you uh, provide some money for me, please. And it's possible that love could be misunderstood. And so Paul says, now listen, yes, love one another. But part of loving one another is that you look after yourself so that you can look after other people. And so he speaks about love that we don't take advantage, but that we do take uh, uh, um, take note of the needs to care for ourselves, so that we can express love to others. And so he says, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. That phrase there, make it your ambition. It's kind of like study to live a quiet life. Do everything you can, be diligent about, make it your ambition to live a quiet life. What does that mean a quiet life? It means not to be agitated all of the time, not to be kind of hyper all of the time, not to be kind of manic in a way that is unhelpful to other people, to live a quiet life. There's a a lady in Hartley Whitney who my mum was speaking to me about the other day, who I knew as well, Betty Marshall, who died very sadly just recently. And the big characteristic that we were saying about her was just this quietness, this gentleness, this calmness about her that was so appealing. And there is this sanctified quietness that God wants us to instill within our hearts not agitated about everything, not always on a a theological hobby horse that means that we can't speak about anything else, not constantly thinking I mean these Thessalonians were perhaps so agitated about the return of Jesus Christ that they couldn't focus and settle down and work and concentrate on things because they just had a one-horse thing that they were going on about all the time Jesus coming back and they couldn't calm down and Paul says no no settle down calm down quieten down focus on what you have got to do which God has called you to do so live a quiet life And, you know, that is a powerful uh, witness to those around us in a tumultuous world full of shouting people, shouting voices, people running off their mouths about everybody else, minding everybody else's business, full of opinions, full of criticisms. you know, mouthing off on Facebook about everything and it says to us, no, now you live a quiet life. Live a life that is pleasing to God, that is a sanctified life of holiness before God. Slow to speak and uh, quick to listen as James says. So let's just take that on board today to live a quiet life to serve God and to please God in our hearts and in our lives. God bless you today. Lord, we do pray that you will be with us today, that you will help us all to live a quiet life, to live a life that pleases you, to focus on what you want us to focus on and to live that life of love that changes other people, that challenges others. And we pray that you help us to do that. Fill us with your spirit. Teach us to love more and more. Today we ask in Jesus' name, amen.